Question for you: When you see an ad or you hear a comment, are you able to recognize when it's diet culture and when it's not? For example, if you want to lose weight, are you able to distinguish when you're coming from a place? Or falling prey, if you will, to diet culture messages, and when you're really doing it because you want to be healthy. Well, if you're fuzzy on this, this is an episode you're going to want to listen to from beginning to end because I'm going to talk about exactly what diet culture is: the language, the beliefs, the values, and the norms, so that you're able to recognize it and. You're able to identify the beliefs that may be getting in your way. So, without further ado, let's get started. Welcome to the Happy and Healthy Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Lang, and this podcast is dedicated to my fellow women in STEM. After working in high tech for ten years. In 2004, I became the proud owner of Pacific Heights Health Club in San Francisco, where I worked with thousands of clients over the span of 15 years to help them reach their health and fitness goals. Now I'm sharing what I've learned about what works as well as what doesn't work when it comes to making healthy habits stick. So, if you want to find out what it takes to achieve lasting weight loss, to create deep health. And feel empowered to live the life you want. You're in the right place. Episode number one hundred and eighty. Well, hi there, Amy here. Thank you so much for joining me today. So, if you are listening to this podcast on June twenty-sixth, on the day that this becomes available. And you are interested in a habits workshop? I have one with Dr. Christine Lee taking place today at 1:10 p.m. Pacific time, which is 4:10 Eastern time. And if you register for it, I'll make sure that you actually get the replay link as well. All you got to do is go to the show notes, click on the link, and you can sign up there. All right. So, Dr. Christine Lee was actually on my podcast not too long ago. She is the procrastination coach. She was actually featured in Oprah Magazine back uh, back in December, and we're going to be talking about how to create habits for better productivity, among other things. And we're going to be talking about some of those thought patterns that may be getting in the way. So again, if you want to register for that, or you want to get the replay, you want to go to the show notes and click on the habits workshop link. All right. So today, I want to actually focus on what diet culture looks like. I want you to be able to recognize what it is, and I also want you to recognize what it isn't. So not too long ago, I actually did an episode on letting go of diet mentality, and some of the things that I'm going to be talking about today may very well overlap with that episode. I think it was 
episode 152, all right? But if this is something you're struggling with, it may be a good idea to actually listen to both episodes because I'm going to be coming at it from a slightly different angle. So to set the stage for this topic, I want to share with you an excerpt from the commencement speech given by David Foster Wallace to the graduating class at Kenyon College back in 2005. And it's titled, This is Water. And well, there's a video that goes along with it. So if you haven't seen it yet, go to YouTube, look it up. It's definitely worth watching, okay? So the excerpt is something like this. There are two young fish swimming along and they happen to meet an older fish swimming the other way. So this older fish nods at them and says, morning boys, how's the water? And well, the two young fish swim on for a bit and then eventually one of them looks over at the other and goes, what the hell is water? So diet culture is everywhere. We are literally swimming in it. So no pun intended there. <laughs> but it's no wonder we don't question the underlying belief system. So what do I mean by this? Well, when we take a look at diet culture, first, let's just take a moment to define what I mean by culture. And simply put, it's a way of life. And it's reflected in the language we use, the values we espouse, the beliefs, and the norms. So in diet culture, the language uses words like detox, cleanse, sugar-free, low-fat, fat-free, guilt-free. We label foods as good carbs and bad carbs. And then perhaps the most triggering or harmful of the words we use is should and maybe avoid because both of them trigger feelings of judgment and deprivation. Now, when you look at phrases in diet culture, what kinds of things do you hear? How about saving your points, fasting, like intermittent fasting, cheat days, fat burning, dad bod, so men are not excluded from diet culture, track your macros, lose weight fast, like how many times have you maybe gone to Google and done a search on how to lose weight or how much weight can I lose, um, how fast can I lose it in a healthy way, right? How about counting calories, using your willpower, or maybe it's not having enough willpower, the weight loss roller coaster, and of course, goal weight or ideal weight. So when you look at diet culture, the values that we are talking about are appearance and attractiveness, right? So both of these are aspects of outer beauty and they take priority over and above everything else. And by this, I mean above physical health, above your mental health, your emotional well-being, 
your talent, your courage, your strength, your intelligence, your character, your wisdom, your kindness, and your capacity to love. Think about that. Diet culture doesn't speak to any of those things, right? So the norms of diet culture include things like if you want to lose weight, what do you do? You look for the best diet. So we're talking about chronic dieting as well as deprivation, excluding entire food groups. We're talking about, as a result, a preoccupation with food, right? We're talking about words like restriction, feelings of guilt, especially after eating, weekly weigh-ins, feeling bad about the need to go up a size in clothing in order to be comfortable, comparing your body with other people's bodies, seeking external validation like compliments about weight loss. And then the flip side of that is dealing with the judgment of others who comment that you need to lose weight. And then, of course, there's hating how you look in pictures. So you end up avoiding being on one side of the camera. Maybe you're always the one taking pictures. How about with summer coming around or already here now, dreading shorts and bathing suits. And so as a result of that, you end up sitting on the sidelines of life and telling yourself, when I lose the weight or when I get in shape, then I'll be happy. Then I'll get in the game. So I want you to recognize diet culture when it crops up. So the point of the commencement speech by David Foster Wallace was all about context. So I want you to be able to recognize when something is diet culture and when it isn't. So when it's diet culture, I would say it is harmful because it leaves you feeling like you're less than, right? That you're never enough. You're not thin enough, not pretty enough, maybe not accomplished enough because if you had accomplished the weight loss, if you had achieved it, then you would feel good enough. So the reason this is harmful is really because of the underlying beliefs that we're talking about. So this feeling of not enough stems from the following beliefs. And this is really the basis of diet culture. It's the belief that thinness for a woman is an accurate and outward reflection of health, right? That thin equals health. That being thin and toned and I would actually say young for women is universally more attractive. So if you're fat, out of shape, and old, forget about it, right? That those who are thin and young are of higher value in society and that eating healthier food makes you a better person, like literally morally superior. And... At the same time, that also means then that if you have extra fat on your body, 
people will assume that you lack self-control or you love food too much, that you automatically eat less healthy foods, are automatically less healthy than those who are thin, are less attractive or basically unattractive, and ultimately that you should be ashamed about the size and shape of your body, that it was something that you actually have control over, this outcome, if you will, right? So I want you to remember here that the tricky thing about beliefs and opinions is that we often accept them as true statements, as if they were facts. So now that you've heard me say these beliefs, it would actually be really helpful for you if you got out a pen and paper and wrote down what your beliefs are around your, your body. Okay, take a moment and then look at them in black and white and examine them. And I want you to ask yourself if they are true. Like, do you accept them as true? Have you internalized them? That in fact, in order to be attractive, you have to be thin, as an example. Right? And... Here is where I'm going to try to give you some of your power back. It's this one question. Can you think of an example that contradicts this assertion? Think of a person, think of a time in your life when this statement actually didn't hold true then it's probably not a fact. You don't need to accept that it's true. It may very well be someone's opinion. There's an expression, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. I do not want you discounting your own inner beauty. Okay? And when you look at the values we're talking about here, if we're talking about valuing all this outer beauty stuff with Without any, literally, without any thought to everything else, we've lost, right? We've lost sight of the big picture. So when you look at diet culture, I will say that one of the reasons it's, it's so harmful is because, well, we all have a need for love and belonging. When you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, Right? This is a motivational theory in psychology where we have five tiers of human needs. So at its most basic, we're talking about physiological needs like food, water, right, sleep. The next level is about safety and security. And the theory goes that we need to satisfy the most basic needs first in order to then be able to consider satisfying the needs in the next level, the next tier. So you need to satisfy the physiological needs before you get to safety and security, like shelter, okay? And then love and belonging comes after that. So beyond that is esteem, and then after that is self-actualization. So 
If you're saying things like, when I look in the mirror, I'm disgusted with my body. Or you're telling yourself things like, I need to lose weight. Are you coming from a place of self-love? So, I know that self-love is really actually a hard topic for a lot of folks to wrap their head around. So, I want you to try thinking about it this way. Imagine your best friend. Would you ever say these things to this person? I'm disgusted with your body or you need to lose weight. Okay. I really want you to think about that best friend again or someone you look up to or one of your heroes. And now I want you to ask yourself, why do you hold these people in such high regard? Think about it. How important is their physical appearance when you're thinking about this? Now, if your best friend was very, very overweight or obese and you were concerned about their health, would you say you need to lose weight or would you actually say, I'm concerned about your health? See, even there, think about how you would talk to that person. It would be with far more kindness and compassion. So, when we talk about self-love, this is really about learning how to be your own best friend. So this is about practicing self-acceptance, where you really believe you're already enough. It's about practicing self-love, like the Billy Joel song, right? I love you just the way you are. And it's about practicing self-compassion. Now, I am not saying here, and I said this in the previous podcast as well, human beings, we have a need to grow. We want to get better. So if you have goals around achieving weight loss because you believe that the better version of yourself, your higher self, your best self, would actually be eating healthier, would be sleeping more, would be eating more fruits and vegetables, and that by doing those things, your body would change. Okay? I'm all for that. At the same time, when we talk about practicing self-compassion, life happens, right? Some days are going to be better than others. So ultimately, whatever you're choosing to do, what I really want you to pay attention to is what is your motivation? Are you coming from a place of abundance, like self-love? Or are you coming from this state of scarcity, like self-loathing? Right. So again, I want you to be able to recognize diet culture, but I also want you to know what isn't diet culture. So when we talk about being healthy, one of the things that will help you figure out if you're truly focused on health is are you focused on your whole being, 
Are you looking at your mental health as well as your emotional health and your physical health? Because if you're doing things in for the sake of, let's say, weight loss to be healthier, but in the process, you're beating yourself up and you're, you wind up feeling frustrated or less than, we're not talking about health as a whole person, right? If you look at clean eating and you look at clean, meaning that you're eating mostly unprocessed whole foods with lots of vitamins and minerals and antioxidants, right? You're coming from this place of self-love and you're nourishing your body. That's very different from the thought process of, I want to eat clean so that I can lose the weight faster. And well, I've been so good this week that I'm going to plan a cheat day. All of those, the way I just use that, that's coming from a state of, or it's going to trigger a, a state of scarcity, right? You're talking about depriving yourself of foods that you want to eat, and the only time you give yourself permission to eat them are on the cheat days. That's not really going to be sustainable in the long term. So, again, if you're looking at health, from a whole person standpoint, if you're coming from a place of self-love and if you're acting from intention but without attachment. So if, when I say intention, I'm talking about like the kind of person you want to be. So let's say you value your independence, right? You want to be able to live on your own. So you're, you want to make sure that you're improving your balance. You've got mobility. And as a result of that, you're starting strength training two or three times a week in order to regain muscle that you've lost along the way. That's not about diet culture. That kind of working out is about, I value my independence, my freedom my ability to live on my own, self-reliance. And without attachment means that you're not really focused on the outcome, you're focused on the behaviors. Like strength training is something you can control. Whether or not you end up getting stronger, well, you certainly increase your chances of getting stronger and Let's say if you had a goal of bench pressing your weight, you might not actually get there, but with consistent strength training, you may very well get very close to it. So performance goals like how much you can bench are not necessarily things you can control, but what you do every day or every week or every month, absolutely. All right, so those are the three criteria again for being able to tell when it is diet culture and when it isn't. Again, it's are you focused on whole person health? Are you coming from a place of self-love? And are your behaviors aligned with your values where you're focused on what you're doing 
versus what the outcome is. So this is all about following, falling in love with the process, right? So again, if you haven't signed up for the habits workshop that I'm hosting with Dr. Christine Lee as the guest expert, it's happening today at 1.10 p.m. Pacific time. You're going to go to the show notes, register for it. Even if you cannot attend, if you register for it, you will get a link to the replay. All right. So I'm going to wrap things up today with a quote by Byron Katie. The worst thing that has ever happened is an unquestioned thought. You've been listening to the Happy and Healthy Podcast with Amy Lang. If you enjoyed today's episode, by all means, hit the subscribe button now. If you're ready to get started, visit my website, moxieclub.com. That's M-O-X-I-E hyphen C-L-U-B dot com. And sign up for my free mini course, How to Lose Weight for the Last Time. And remember... Making your choices when you're in a state of abundance is where the magic happens.